Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and a radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes, don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. Just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over, you won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today. Did you know that common mistakes you make in the workplace and habits that many people have are interview killers and that once you get a job, the mistakes that are made during interviews can come back to haunt you? Welcome to the job interview experience. I'm a former executive recruiter. After that, I owned a search firm. And from there, I was hired as a director of talent acquisition in the corporate world from companies like a construction and manufacturing conglomerate to a healthcare startup in California. Today, I'm the founder of Candidate Club and your host of the Job Interview Experience. I'm going to share four points, killer mistakes, and valuable qualities that can save your interview and enhance your career. First, though, I want to thank two listeners that left Apple Podcast Reviews by reading their very brief reviews here on the show. First one is from... NAFJ something, 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 92948 that said, I wanted to improve my interview skills and ended up in this amazing podcast. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. Next one is T-Bone74. What's up, T-Bone? T-Bone says, such a valuable resource. The podcast offers such useful insights regarding the interview process. I recognize the need for a more comprehensive approach to my interview preparation. The strategies offered felt far more useful than a lot of the alternatives offered somewhere. Thank you for your support, T-Bone and NAFJ something, 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 something. Now it's your turn to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Leave one today and I'll read it on air as soon as possible. I look forward to seeing these. And if you're a person of fewer words, you can just leave a quick rating as well. The first mistake that stands out right away in job interviews is maturity, or more specifically, social maturity, knowing what to say and what not to say. Working well with other people, taking criticism is a good thing, knowing how to interact with people. Maybe office politics is a term that some people would use. I'm not really a big fan of office politics or the term, but it, it really is a thing. Conscientiousness, not being self-conscious, but aware of yourself wanting to work hard and do well in your job, how you respond to things 
is huge at your interview and the job. Responding to the first thing that comes to mind without filtering or thinking it through first, whether it's something serious, funny, or unkind, it's extremely dangerous. But your interview, maybe there's something funny that you think you can say that will get the interviewers to like you and you say it, then you realize it's inappropriate, or maybe it targets the people that are in the room with you. That same thing carries over to the workplace. Once you're hired, you're in a meeting, you're talking with a coworker. And again, you're trying to be funny, trying to get your coworkers maybe to like you because you're new. You say these things that you definitely shouldn't have said at work. Unfortunately, most people, including myself, have learned that from experience and making mistakes. The word flippant means not showing a serious or respectful attitude. You've seen this. Someone asks a question, maybe with a bit of a smile, and an instant response comes out, maybe sarcastic, disrespectful, rude, sexist, unprofessional. The best thing is not to have these thoughts, but no one's perfect. So maturity is not only avoiding that, but more importantly, not verbalizing it, holding your tongue. Social maturity is something that takes time to learn. It's often learned through mistakes. Saying and doing things that make you cringe at yourself right away or that you realize and regret down the road. Everybody has this. You think about something that you said a year ago or five years ago and you realize just how stupid, how cringy, immature it was, or maybe how it affected the person on the other side of your comments. How do you solve this? Self-improvement learning to hold your tongue, saying less at work, not always trying to be funny. It's a really important one. Not if you're the type of person who is naturally funny, not always trying to be funny. You can kind of suck the air out of the room, put all of the focus on yourself. It's not always a good thing. If you're someone who likes to make funny comments and being funny is fine, it's good to have a laugh, relaxing with your coworkers in a healthy and respectful way. There's nothing wrong with that. But thinking before you speak, a lot of this just comes with time, learning to do these things and practicing them. Some people have the right temperament for this right away. Some people have to learn through mistakes and really caring enough to slow things down a bit, taking time to observe people and how they handle these situations well. Think through your mistakes, through the things that you've said or done wrong, and the situations and things you've learned and also said and handled well and what happened. Pace is an art form, paying attention to your pace. If someone asks you a question at your interview or at work, taking just a couple seconds before you respond, thinking about other people's perspectives, think about why you're being asked this question, think about why someone is saying something. Are they trying to goad you, trying to trick you into saying something? Are they expressing themselves, expecting you to express yourself back? Be polite and professional in the workplace. This is critically important at your interview and even more important once you get the job. Get comfortable at your workplace and eventually and inevitably let your guard down. Point number two is not understanding how an open position or job offer ties into the big picture at an employer. They're not just hiring for the heck of it. There's typically a deeply rooted economic reason for the position being open much more so today than maybe five-ish, 10 years ago, especially in the tech field where companies were just hiring, 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 growing, growing, growing. Even the, sometimes the companies were losing money, but they're still hiring. They're in growth mode. Right now, companies are pulling back a little bit. 
you're seeing these layoffs everywhere. They're, they're affecting big companies and small companies. And I'm really sorry if they're impacting you. And maybe that's the reason that you're listening. But companies are paying way more attention to the why behind their hiring, not so much the when or the what, the who. They're paying attention to the why. Can we afford this? How does this affect our bottom line? Why are they hiring? Maybe it's because someone left or they let someone go. Maybe it's due to growth. It depends on why the position is open, but oftentimes it's a company growing. There's a big need and a lot of thought went into opening this position. And once you're employed to understand the economics in the industry that you're in, many people don't have concepts like this on their radar, like profit and profit margins, company growth plans, business plans, and generally what motivates employers and employees in the big picture. It might surprise some people that work at a new company, especially if it's a new piece of software, technology, that company might lose money on the product that they're providing to customers. So they're paying you, but they're actually losing money every time they even sell this because they're trying to grow and gain market share. It can actually take time for a company to become profitable. That's not your burden to bear, but this will give you a lot more perspective into why certain decisions are made that you might hear about or things might be announced. You might think, wow, this company is spending so much money. They're growing. The product's cheap. Why are they doing layoffs or why aren't they giving us this free lunch anymore? Employees often complain about it or think that it, these changes aren't a good thing. And maybe it won't be, but it's certainly a calculated risk by the company's leadership, assuming that it's a good leadership team. This can help you understand the why don't we get free breakfast or coffee anymore or why that one department will shut down those things. A good way to fix this is to get a better understanding of the industry that you're currently in or moving into by reading articles, doing Google searches, really digging in and figuring out what goes on in your industry outside of your own company. Read what business leaders say, Google your industry, see what kind of headlines come up, see what I said, like I said, the leaders talk about what moves they're making and what moves you're seeing are making or breaking companies. You'll stand out in your next job interview if you have some industry knowledge. Being able to talk about trends, exciting news, new technology, that all shows that you are a professional that has a capacity to learn, grow, and understand what's going on around them outside of their specific job and sphere. Read economics books or find an economics po podcast to listen to and learn what motivates people in the big picture, what it takes to grow a company and dig way more into that. It's as simple as Googling your industry or there's similar companies or trends. Say that you are at a company that makes windows, whether you actually work hands-on making the windows or you're an accountant, look up the industry. There are a lot of really old homes that were built a hundred years ago and the windows are now a hundred years old. They're aging out. So Companies are starting to get into that. Read about the industry. What companies are there? What technologies are being used? Are they using glass? Who sources the glass? What type of glass? What type of gas goes between the different layers of the window to help seal out the heat or cold? You see where I'm going and how this can apply to your job interview to give you an idea about the company beforehand. Maybe send up some red flags or some green flags. And then also they're talking points for your industry and for your interview. I obviously don't really know what I'm talking about with Windows. I'm just giving an example here. There's way more you can dig into. That's for you to do. 
at the office, maybe if you're working remotely, why are people doing the job in general? Like you get the day-to-day, right? A social media manager, yeah, they manage the social media. What's the strategy to have a Instagram page for them? What type of content do they post? What motivates that type of person to clock in every day? Money's a big part of it, but obviously we work for the compensation. We wouldn't work for free. We wouldn't be able to do that very long, even if we wanted to. So think about what motivates people. So you have the purpose of the product or platform, then you have the person doing it, and you have the motivations behind that person and the platform. Sorry if I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here. Go beyond what motivates people and look at people that are brilliant and the people that are leaders at their company, the people that bring new ideas to their boss, maybe that's you, that have helped get a new product to market, and ways that employees have helped companies offer more to their customer, to the consumer. As you progress in your career and gain management positions, thinking about human motivation beyond compensation is huge, how to treat people right, how to advocate to be treated right by an employer. Try and learn as much from both perspectives as possible, both the perspective of the employee and the employer. It will help you with everything from negotiating your salary, understanding it from their point of view, asking for a raise, and being an irreplaceable team member that helps the company grow. Time to move on to point number three. I was starting to wander a little bit there. It's strange to talk about altruism, job interviews, and careers in the same sentence, but it's important. The willingness to work on projects with coworkers and help without receiving anything beyond just your normal pay in return. Investing time and energy into something bigger than yourself. An example might be if it snows, helping a coworker dig their car out or jump their car or helping them change a tire. You're not being paid to do that. Maybe it'll even make you late for work. Why would you do that? You're helping someone. That's what you would want in return, treating someone the way that you'd want to be treated. When it comes to company, investing time and energy into something bigger than yourself. Situations like when your boss asks you to stay late or do more, if you have to do someone else's job for them doing work beyond what you're paid for. This is delicate. If you're starting to get a little bit mad at me, this is delicate. I've been there. I get it because employees can be abused and employers can abuse people and make them do more work than they should. Let's look at the example, this example from the perspective of an employer that you really love. Think about a job you've had where you thought the company was awesome. You thought the manager was great. This company treats people right. They pay people really well. They give you good PTO, so on and so forth. So you feel like it's a really, it's a truly fair company that you work for. At that company, there might be times, we'll say it's a small business or a growing business. There are times a company like this gets, say, a new contract and they don't have enough staff to handle it and they can't hire fast enough. So some people have to give way more time to make this happen, to move to the next step. How do you respond to that? One thing to think about is how many hours there are in a day. If you're still just working 40 hours a week, it doesn't really matter if you're doing your job and helping out with someone else's job at the same time because you're not giving beyond the agreed upon 40 hours per week of your position. But sometimes they'll ask for more. You are there to help the company move forward. When you're asked to do things, do them to help the company grow. 
when the company has an opportunity to grow, you have an opportunity to grow. So this does go both ways. And sometimes you might have the perspective of, oh yeah, I'll do this because I think it'll help me get promoted or get noticed or a raise or something like that. And that's fine. Of course, everyone thinks of that. Those things will help your career move forward. But the attitude and perspective of I'm doing this to help the company that I worked for, I signed on here to help and contribute, that extra work helps make a more positive impact instead of just extra time begrudgingly given from an annoyed employee. And when you do that, you avoid a big risk. The risk is something that really hurts people. They'll work extra hard and don't get the bonus or the raise right away, which is unfortunate and unfair, but they do that work and then they come in with the wrong attitude. And you're going to get hurt after that. If you go in with the attitude of, if I do this, I get this right away. I get what I want. And then they'll say something like, hey, boss, I did all this extra work two weeks ago. I worked really hard. I did great work. Why didn't you give me that raise that I asked for last week? That's the wrong way to handle that conversation. You don't want to say, I did this, so you owe me this. I'm not saying that that attitude's incorrect, but that's the wrong way to express it and negotiate it, starting off on the wrong foot. If your boss says, hey, do you mind working late tonight? The first thing out of your mouth should not be, yeah, how about that $5 an hour raise we talked about last month? That's not strategic. Those bigger paychecks will come later on down the road, and they should come soon, especially if you handle this well and you're willing to help out and be a team player. Put the company first while you're clocked in. Maybe you have to do some work at home and do great work for the company. Why? When the company does well, you do well. I hope that I'm not hurting feelings here because some of you have been mistreated by your employer for far too long without being rewarded. If they don't reward you for your hard work, it's best to move on. And maybe that's why you're tuning in today. But don't expect that exchange to happen the same instant that you step up to the plate. Your boss, the company's owner, the president, the CEO, when you have that big rush of work, their focus is getting that done, securing this new client, launching this new product, getting a new car off the line. When that's their big focus, that's the wrong time to come in and ask for something. What I'm trying to say here is don't leverage the company being in a bad spot or needing your help. Don't leverage that as a way to instantly get what you want. If your boss says, hey, can you cover this person's shift? You wouldn't say, yeah, if you give me next week off, you'd say, yes, of course, I'm happy to help. Let me know what you need. A decent boss is going to remember that down the road where maybe you have an emergency and you can't come in or you have something that comes up. They'll find someone to cover for you as well. They should do that either way, but it goes a long way. It's called being a team player. It's great to ask for a pay raise. I can't cover that topic in this episode because then it would be two hours long. And I want to stay on these four points, but you should base a request for pay based on things beyond helping out when things are busy or understaffed. Those factors don't do you any favors. They actually hurt you because they don't focus on your merit, your skills, your contribution, maybe meeting your KPIs or OKRs or goals that you had and the potential that you have to do even more. Again, what you want to focus on when you focus on getting a raise or a bonus or promoted, you want to focus on your merit, your skills, what you've contributed, and especially the hard numbers of what you've achieved, and then show 
alongside that, that you have the ability to do even more. So if nothing else, be prepared to have a helpful attitude. Even if you're feeling overwhelmed at work, start with a positive attitude. And if things aren't as promised down the road, that's time to have an honest professional conversation about how to make things sustainable for the company and for you so that both parties succeed. Finally, number four is interpersonal communication. This is different than the point where I talked about holding your tongue, not trying to be funny, social maturity. What we're talking about here is more focused on unneeded remarks, political opinions. Realize that no one really cares about these non-work-related opinions that you have. They actually lose respect for you when you constantly share your opinions, whether they be about politics, the city you live, whatever it is. Learn to keep those kind of opinions and conversations outside of work. Or if you want to be really happy, keep that outside of most of your conversations in general, unless you have friends who really enjoy debating things like politics or the economy or whatever with you. The next holiday dinner that you have with family will be much better if you just talk about something else. Keep it to yourself. Keep the long rants about Bitcoin to yourself or with your Bitcoin friends. Keep them outside of work, outside of family. Keep it to yourself or whoever feels like discussing it and is asking you about your opinion. Young people tend to bring up these things more often in conversations at work, at job interviews, their passion for politics, their enjoyment of funny jokes. Just keep yourself out of trouble. Save it. Let someone else make those remarks and get themselves in trouble. And then you take that opportunity to either get the job offer or get promoted to stand out as the best person on the team. Let other people form their own opinions. You'll be happier in the long run. I won't say that no one cares about your opinion because people do care, especially if they disagree with you. They care a heck of a lot. And when you share that, who's it helping? It's not helping them and it's hurting you. This does happen in job interviews. People will say something like, because of this government and this law and this president, this bad thing happened and I don't like it. Or I'm not really into all of that, insert political topic here, crap. I know that you would never do that in your interviews, but you'd be surprised how frequently that happens. People trying to share who they are and where they stand during their interview. Even if people completely agree with you, they see that you are a liability. They might think about the people that you will work with who disagree with you and that fights could start, distractions could start. You see where I'm going with this. Even though the people across the table most likely do agree with you, they know that you're going to keep doing this while you work there, probably forever. It stops your candidacy right then and there, so avoid that. As you mature, relearning how to express yourself intelligently and in a kind manner that doesn't hurt other people is a skill that will take you far and you will be glad that you did. I'm going to briefly review these four interview and career killers. Number one is social maturity. Number two is understanding the industry that you work in and the economics that surround not just the industry, but your company and you as an employee with your employer relationship. Number three is altruism and willingness to give back to your company without instantly asking for anything else in return to leverage what you did. Not working for free, or being taken advantage of, but being a team player that's there to help out your coworkers and your company. 
without complaining. Number four is interpersonal communication, expressing yourself well, knowing what to say, what not to say, the words out of your mouth, being professional, respectful, and focused on the work that you do. Take these four points. I would recommend that you write them down, rewind, think about them. What are you doing well here? I'm definitely not saying that this is something that all of you do or you listening you, not saying this is something you do. So what do you do well here? What's your greatest strength of all of these? Feel good about that. But also, what are some areas that you can improve in? We can all improve. I can improve. I'm trying really hard right now. I'm thinking about these myself as I speak. Mastering these four points will not only vastly improve your job interview, but will help you throughout your career. What's important to remember here about the job interview side, these things will most likely not happen during your first interview. They're more likely to come up once you get comfortable, excited. Maybe it's a video chat interview with more people involved. Maybe it's a second in-person interview with someone you've met before. You become more comfortable. You let your guard down. That's where I've seen a lot more of this happen. Once you make improvements, you learn to avoid these things. It can help you get a job offer. It can help you stand out from all the other people that interviewed and raise red flags. It will cause promotions. It will cause pay raises, better jobs, fewer mistakes, less regrets of things being done and said. It will make your life better and your employer's business stronger so that everyone is happy. Think about yourself and how you can improve in these aspects. And thank you for listening to the job interview experience. Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes. Don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. Just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet. And then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over. You won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today.